ATI, IEPs. Oh, what does it all mean and how does it all work together? That's exactly why I've brought Sarah to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and Sarah, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right, so tell us, how did you end up at an IEP table? Well, I am passionate about education. I'm passionate about supporting students. Most of my experience comes from the school counselor lens. I was a school counselor for about a decade, and now I lead school counselors at the state level and advocate for school counseling at the national level through the American School Counselor Association. And as school counselors, we are dedicated to serving all students, meeting the unique and individualized needs of students. So that's what brings me here. Oh my goodness. And I'm excited for this conversation because, you know, in our master IP coach community and in our special education community in general, there's so many acronyms, like we all kind of laugh at it, right? Like there's so many things, but this MTSS that gets thrown around everywhere, um, you know, it's something that's very confusing because it can be very different depending on where you're at and how your school is implementing it. So before we jump in, just share with us what, when we see that term MTSS, what does that typically mean? You're right. It can certainly mean different things from school to school, district to district, but overall MTSS stands for multi-tiered system of support. So what that means is it is a framework that provides comprehensive systems of differentiated support. So that's a whole lot of education lingo to say that we are using an MTSS to meet the unique needs of individual students. And MTSS is really meant to be preventative. So we are working with students of all students in all ways to both provide preventative and then more reactive services as needed. It's really meant to be a school-wide approach, really targeting all students and providing them with the supports that they need. So I think that's where part of the confusion comes in because a lot of times parents and even some teachers, you know, who are, have kind of been in their special education lane for a while, like we don't hear MTSS kind of in that general education term, or this is a school-wide approach. We start to hear it mixed in with all of the IEP terms and it's not an IEP term. It's, it's a school thing um, that is happening. So MTSS is supposed to be proactive and not reactive. I love that because I'm always saying that IEPs are working on a reactive, like we're, we're, we're doing something after we already see a deficit. So this is being proactive, but then that brings up that concept of RTI. So tell us what does RTI mean? And then could you just give us some perspective of like, how does that fit together MTSS? Sure. So it's certainly acronym soup. Um, throwing in another acronym there. RTI is similar to an MTSS, but we like to describe MTSS as the umbrella. So RTI fits underneath that umbrella, providing more of the academic side of supports. But MTSS is a whole child approach, meaning we're not only addressing academics, we're addressing behavioral, discipline, social and emotional, mental health, all of those under the MTSS umbrella. So RTI, similarly, if used correctly, can be preventative and proactive also. It's providing academic supports for all students and then looking to see what skills, what deficits are there, and then providing those supports as needed. 
If you think of all of these, they all have a triangle to go with them. So the easiest way is to imagine that triangle. The bottom tier is tier one, and that serves all students, no matter if we're talking academic, social, emotional, behavioral, all of the above. We're serving all students, which is what makes this preventative. However, we're also aware that some students will need additional supports in addition to what the entire school is receiving as that tier one support. That's when you get into tier two and tier three supports that are more individualized based on student need. So again, the RTI needs would be more academic based and then an MTSS also includes those behavioral and social emotional supports as well. Okay. So can you just bust this myth for us? Because we hear it all the time that like, if you have an IEP, if a child has an IEP, they're then excluded from RTI or MTSS and they kind of got to go in their own lane. No, we do not think that at all. That is certainly a myth. And um, we see the tiers as very fluid. So they are not meant to be somewhere where a student goes and stays for the rest of their schooling experience. And again, there's all those different domains, those different components. So for example, a student might be in need of tier two math supports for a time being, and then they may get the supports they need and go back to only needing that tier one support that all students are getting. However, at the same time, that student may begin to need tier two supports in social and emotional or some other area. Again, allowing the student to go back and forth between tiers as needed, seeing them as very fluid and ever changing. We don't want students to, to be in a tier because of an IEP or because of supports that they have and think that that is where they are stuck. We want this process to be individualized to meet their needs as those evolve and change. So how do you typically decide what tier of services? So like, again, like we, we're speaking IEPs all the time. So when I say like, show me the data and what's going on, I know exactly what I'm looking for. Cause at that point, again, we have so much data that brought us to the IEP process. And then we're tracking these individual goals and there's that data, but what other data might we need to know about when it comes to RTI or MTSS? Sure. So again, it depends on what area you're looking. So if we're looking more specifically at RTI or the academic side of MTSS, then we're going to be looking at that academic data. Ideally, we're looking at many data points. We aren't identifying students to be moved to tier two or tier three based off one data point, because we all know you can have a bad test taking day or you know, that, that can impact what, what we're seeing. So the idea is to take multiple data points and then identify what tier they're, need, they're in need of, again, based in the different areas. We typically say that somewhere between 10 and maybe 20% of students would be in that tier two, and then between one and 10% would be in that tier three. So you can kind of keep that in mind as well, that we're not talking large, large groups of students. When there's a strong preventative tier one, we don't need as many students in tiers two and tiers three. And that helps us to identify who is really in most need of those individualized supports. If we're looking at our data and seeing that 
50, 60% of students are in need of additional support, that tells us that we need to go back to tier one. We have a problem in the tier one if that many students are in need of additional supports. That's how we can kind of keep track of, of who is where. And again, continuing that ongoing data so that students don't end up in a tier and then be stuck there. We want to continue to assess that data and identify where they need to go. All right, so let's do a two-part question because a conversation like this, um, there, there are different action steps for somebody who works in the system versus a parent who wants to know more about this. So our listeners here are, you know, their parents, teachers, admins, therapists, we have all different roles. And, and so let, let's go first with the school role. And if you're a parent who's listening, hang with us because I'm going to ask about that too. So if you are a professional and you're in your school system and you are like, either I don't understand what we're supposed to be doing, because I know that happens, we get lost inside the system sometimes, it just, and or I don't think our school is doing this well, or maybe we need some new, you know, resources, or nobody will help me, so what do I need to do? Just imagine that professional in that school, which I know that you do a lot of training at, you know, a very high level in that way, so I know that you've met these people. They're, they're the ones that are chasing you out to the car afterwards, like, wait, 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 I just have a question. My district, you know, kind of thing. So, so where do we, you know, how do we help them? Sure, that's a great question. You know, MTSS is really meant to be a school-wide approach. While I love the dedicated, passionate educators who want to start this at their schools alone, I appreciate the passion. It just simply cannot happen without a school-wide approach, or it cannot happen effectively, I'll say. So it certainly needs to be a team decision if your school is considering adopting an MTSS model as they work to meet the needs of students. Now, I will say, we often say that we anticipate soon MTSS will just be how we do school. We see it becoming more and more popular. The impact and the outcome data is significant in favor of this model. And so it would not surprise me if in a handful of years, it's just the norm. I really think that's the direction that we're moving, especially in a hopefully soon post-COVID world where we know students have really diverse and unique needs, but not just in the areas of academic, but in those social, emotional, mental health and behavioral areas as well. This MTSS umbrella meets all of those needs. So that being said, I really see many schools heading that way. If your school is not there yet, I encourage you to start the conversation. The resources are truly limitless. If you do a quick Google search of MTSS in schools, there are also great people that go out and do trainings. I mentioned my state does a lot of initiatives and we are not the only state. So look into your state resources as well. And last I heard over half of the states in the United States did provide some sort of state level model aligned with an MTSS. It might be a different acronym because again, in education, we love calling it something else, but it's all the same thing. So, so look into those resources and, 
and really start there. Um, also, just one little plug, we haven't mentioned this yet, one more acronym for you, but many schools have a PBIS model in place as well, which stands for Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports. And that is very similar as well. So if you have that going, you could talk to your school about how you could integrate that into an MTSS as well. Essentially, remember I said MTSS is the umbrella, RTI is the academic, PBIS is the behavioral. So if you wanted to extend beyond just the behavioral with PBIS, then you could look into this MTSS. Uh, the acronym's everywhere, right? I, I mean, know. You know. It doesn't even, like, I've been doing this for decades and I'm still like, oh, okay, here's another one. And here's oh, another yeah. always Like I said, there's always more or they decide to switch the acronym and it's the same thing. And I'm like, stop, just stop it. Yeah. Okay, so if you're a parent and you hear that your school, and let's think about, you know, that, the parent who their child has an IEP and sometimes they feel disconnected and they're hearing this word MTSS kind of thrown around um, everywhere. They want to understand like what is happening in the school in general. Like your child who has an IEP is still part of the school body. They still have access to those things as we kind of did some myth busting there. So what would a parent um, look for or who should they talk to when it comes to knowing, you know, whether it's RTI, PBIS, you know, MTSS, all of these things, where do they start? Sure. Well, this, any of these are really meant to create a common language for students, for families, and for staff. So if you're a family and you're not aware of this, it may not be happening in the school, or it may, you, they may not be to the point that they have really integrated that common language. But the idea behind it is to create that common language. So we hope, again, a couple of years in the future, that this is just what we're hearing. Now, if you're a parent and some of this sounds familiar, but not all of it, then certainly ask questions because there could be parts that are being implemented that you just aren't aware of. So some good people to ask questions. Of course, your students' teachers are likely aware. School counselors are usually very integrated into this work. Principals lead this work. Um, anyone like that, I'm sure, could give you an update on on where your school or district is in, in this implementation. I also see on many web pages, often for school and district web pages, where they describe this model and what they're doing to address the different tiers. So that might be a place to try to check it out as well. But I do encourage you to ask because it is good to know and it's important to know. I can tell a really short example the school I worked in previously, um, of course, we had the COVID shutdown and we didn't have a true MTSS in place yet, but we had a really strong PBIS. So remember, that's the behavior part of this. And we part of that of PBIS implementation included school-wide expectations. So we had a common language for the bathrooms, for the lunchroom, for the recess, all of that with these expectations. So really quickly, one of the first things I did to pivot was created at-home expectations using that same language that aligned with our PBIS initiative. And so that was a great way to continue that same common language at home. Now, in hindsight, I wish I would have done that without a pandemic having to happen. Because I was just gonna say, I'm like, oh, homeschool communication and consistency between, like, like we're, we're your people here, Sarah, where we're just yeah. like, consistency between home and school. I love this as a strategy. 
Yeah. So I, you know, it was one of those, oh, I wish I would have thought of that sooner. And I would certainly do that if I, I don't work in the school setting right now, but if I did, that is such a great way. And you might see some of those things also as parents in your school, all of the schools I've ever worked at that implemented PBIS had posters that had that common language. So be on the lookout for some cues like that, that might, um, help you understand what that language is and how they're implementing some sort of tiered system, whatever acronym it may be. Sarah, I just want to say thank you for giving some clarity, kind of taking us through this jumbled mess of acronyms when it comes to this specific area of education. It's so important. It can be so confusing. And we're going to make sure people know like where you're at and how to connect with you. If you're just like, I need more, you can see what Sarah's doing in her state and what her resources are. Let's leave everybody. Sarah, I'm going to ask for you to give some encouragement to the parents and teachers who are feeling overwhelmed. Um, just as they are trying to navigate the system overall. So it's like from that school counselor point of view, what is something that you can share with our parents and teachers who are, are just feeling heavy? Sure. Well, it's easy to feel heavy right now. I think when it comes to this work, my encouragement to you is to not see it as another thing. It is much less than that. Um, when it comes to MTSS and supporting students in this way, if we can continue to work towards implementing these types of systems, it won't feel like something else at home. It won't feel like something else in the classroom. It will instead streamline the supports we're providing, strengthen the supports we're providing. And of course, that's what we're all in it for. So to the teachers, to the caregivers out there, Keep on keeping on. We need you. We need your support. And even when it gets hard, we know we can do hard things. That's what educators and parents do. Absolutely. I want to encourage you that if you learned anything, I know I did. If you learned anything on this episode, please make sure to share this with a parent, teacher, admin, or therapist who can benefit from this information. Also, leave a comment. And if you're listening on iTunes, please make sure to leave a five-star review. Every time you share, leave a comment, leave a review. It helps more parents and teachers find this information so we can work together to prepare every child for further education, employment, and independent living. Again, Sarah, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. We'll talk to you next time.